0: "'The in the house was oiled and in perfect working order. "'Although his lordship's planned renovations to the library "'had been abandoned at her suggestion, "'he hadn't commented upon her interest in that particular room. "'As far as he was concerned, she could do no wrong. "'Flushed with his success in winning such a prize as Miss Lucille Gain, "'in the face of competition from many younger opponents,' lord pickhurst hadn't noticed how little by little she was wresting the control of the household from his grasp for her part from the moment of their engagement she had acted the model of modesty and devotion like many foolish old men before him he had come to trust his beautiful young wife lucille knew she must give her husband no cause for jealousy if she wanted to enjoy some occasional freedoms being a devious person herself she suspected that his invitation to laidlaw and mortley was intended to test her affections laidlaw's youthful intensity and mortley's slightly rakish good looks might tempt any young wife who was tiring of an elderly spouse as she trod quietly down the corridor a light robe over her nightdress lucile was well satisfied with herself She'd acted her part to perfection, expressing delight when her guests retired so early, and flouting convention by perching provocatively upon his lordship's lap before the last of the servants had been dismissed. By any measure, night was large. It had been a monastery until Henry VIII drove out the monks and gave the estate to one of his favourites. There were still hundreds of acres attached, with farms, mills and villages providing for its owners. Each generation had made alterations, and now the rambling mansion was like a rabbit warren with many unexpected passageways and staircases. The creaking timbers and moving shadows, stirred by her lantern, held no fears for its new chatelaine. She was a creature of the flesh, not the spirit. She didn't believe in ghosts. Padding quietly past the nursery, Lucille checked her pace. She dragged her fingernails softly across one of the doors. A slow, cat-like smile lifted the corners of her mouth, and a low, throaty chuckle escaped her, quite unlike her usual coquettish laugh. A slight sound, a whimper or a hushed moan came from within the room, and she darted away, a hand pressed over her lips, "'in case amusement got the better of her. "'She entered the long gallery. "'The light from her lamp shone briefly "'on portraits of her husband's ancestors. Lucile stuck out her tongue "'at one particularly repulsive old man "'who reminded her of her spouse. "'A large French clock, gleaming faintly as she passed, "'showed that it was ten minutes past midnight. "'She had the first chill frisson of doubt,' This rendezvous was not like all the others. Was it being unwise? Shaking the thought away, she increased her pace a little. A flight of stairs at the far end of the room took her into the oldest surviving part of the house. She was beyond any possibility of discovery. At the bottom of the stairs, she turned right, passing the old library. Behind its locked door, the ancient books lay collecting dust. Lord Pickhurst had planned to turn the library into a ballroom, a luxury few local houses could boast. To Lucille, this intended gift spoke not of his love, but of his sense of acquisition. She was a chattel of great value and beauty, and her husband had intended to use the new room to exhibit her to his friends. However, he'd allowed her to veto the suggestion. That was when she realised the potential power of her position. At the end of the corridor was a heavy oak door, scarred and black with age. It gave entry to the monk's refectory, the most complete surviving part of the monastery. This must have been a grand apartment in its day, with its wide vaulted ceiling and huge fireplace. Another door, just as ancient, led her to the cloisters, ruined now and lit only by the stars. She left her lantern hidden inside the first carol, where a monk had once sat laboring over his manuscripts. During the day...